Welcome to the Connor Charlin Podcast, where I, Connor Charlin, meet up with a musician, hear about what makes them tick, what kind of experiences they're bringing into their musical journey, and how we might be able to apply it to our own. On today's episode, we have Sugi Dax, a Japanese-African-American multi-instrumentalist that I met over at Lower Deck Sessions in Encino, here in Los Angeles. He's a rapper, singer, slam poet producer, activist, and on this episode you'll hear us talk about what it feels like being mixed race and finding collaborators who love you by holding you to their high standard and your own high standard. There's lots of great advice and stories in this podcast, including some insights on how to be a great performer, so please enjoy Sugi Dax. How would you prefer I refer to you? Uh, it's Sugi Dax, actually. Sugi Dax. Uh, but yeah, that's, that's pretty much my artist name, so that's what I go by in the music world. Cool. Do you prefer to be called Sugi in person? Yeah, yeah. People call me Sugi. That's awesome. Where yeah. Where did that come from? Uh, so I'm part Japanese, so my mother's maiden name is called Sugiyama. Nice. What is that? Yeah. What is like the the root meaning of that? The translation, man. I knew it at one point. I'm pretty sure it's like a type of tree. Okay. Um, but I'd have to look it up again. It's nice. Like a, yeah. <laughs> Well, um, it's been really moving, very powerful to be able to listen to a lot of the stuff that you make. Uh, yeah, I feel like it's been a while since I've been really moved by by a song that wasn't in a Disney movie. I uh, was listening to uh, Not the Only One and felt incredibly moved as uh, as a mixed kid myself, um, nice. especially as a kid who doesn't necessarily look like anything in particular. Yeah. Um, what a, what I, what is your what's your background? Uh, my dad is very white and my mom is very Filipino. Um, but gotcha. when when you mix them, you get something that looks Mexican. <laughs> so it's confusing because it's like what race you're perceived right. as a race that's neither of what you are. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which is weird. <laughs> that's, that's wild. Um, yeah, I had a buddy of mine. He uh, he yeah he saw me as a brown kid and then uh, he met my dad and he was like my god connor you are white you are like you are very white <laughs> i was like i'm exactly half of both so i yeah. don't know man crazy did your mom like grow up in the philippines or did she grow up in the in the u.s like what grew is... up in the philippines nice um yeah so she immigrated here when she was eight and i listened to your interview with uh, Google, um, your talks with Google. Oh, nice. Oh, and yeah. you were you were talking about how um, I mean, you also mentioned it in in the song, but how like you were asked if you were even your mother's child, um, right. and which is harsh, <laughs> right? Um, and that uh, immediately, as I was listening to that, I was immediately like brought into a memory of my own of like my dad is extremely white and I am not, and like but my sister married a white man who looks kind of like my dad. And so like he, like the three of us will be hanging out and people will be like, oh, is this your son? And they'll look to him. And it is the, the level of imposter syndrome, even with own like, it, it does something to you. And I, I don't know how to articulate it well, but I know that you did a really good job articulating it. And so I felt um, really grateful um, Dang, to, to you articulating that. Um, um, I'm curious. Did did you uh, growing up? Did did you ever talk about like when you were a kid to your parents about race or anything like that? I was under the impression that I was white until two years ago. 
Dang. How old are you? I am 30. Got you. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. It, it's it's so weird because I'm clearly not white. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but that was not obvious to me because my dad is and I consider myself like my dad in a lot of ways. Mm. Yeah, I there are all these little things that all of a sudden came into my mind when I learned that I wasn't white like this kid in junior high being like, man, Connor, you have it so good. You have some of the features of a white guy, but you're tan, like a brown person. That's cool. And I was like, mm. and now looking back at him, I'm like, that's so messed up. Right, right. <laughs> Crazy. Uh, yeah, so the, yeah, I felt like your song, Not the Only One, one, perfect title, as it's like calling people like myself out of the woodwork to be like, remember, like this is... Mm. This is a lot of us where like try everyone's trying to fit you in a category when the fact is like you're just no categories because you're mixed. Right. And not your parents can't relate to it because they're I, and I, I think this is just going to become more and more common. So I'm I'm just really grateful that you started to roll that snowball. Yeah. I mean, I mean, similarly, like, um, you know, you said you said two years ago at 28 is when you kind of like had a coming of terms with it like for me it was you know 24 and, and you know the fact that it took so long for me to like you know confront it and and uh yeah come to a place of harmony and like understanding about it it it, it took a long time and it took a lot a lot of like you know sort of internal analyzing and and you know self-reflection and, and yeah having having like different discussions with my parents and my siblings to try to like figure out yeah where I stand about it so so yeah I mean that's that's you know wild to hear that you know that journey is you know similar in ways for for other people it's it's crazy I love just hearing like different stories of you know what what you're saying in terms of like your background and how how you navigate it how you deal with it because it's like yeah it's it's it is going to become more common as, you know, the world becomes more interwoven, more mixed up. And, you know, 500 years from now, we're hopefully, hopefully will be more like just mutts and like so much less segregated and all of us mushed with a million things. So, I mean, I mean, yeah, I think I think I, I remember having this thought uh, when I was like 16 and I was like, ah, I figured out the cure to racism. And, you know, and it's and it's really just all of us being so brown and like ambiguous looking that you can't be racist because we're all just mushy brown. Right. So, so I like that. That's a good. I mean, what you're saying is intermarriage <laughs> as the right. cure, which yeah. is uh, which is really good. That uh, I think that'll fly practically. What is it like to have so many people? I mean, you you started this level of vulnerability by sharing your story first but what is it like to have so many people relate to something and then tell you their story kind of unprompted <laughs> yeah i mean i i love i love hearing it because i'm still learning like the different stories because yeah a lot of a lot of the song's purpose was just to come to terms with it myself and and it was kind of based on you know a small number of people really in college that i met that were also mixed we had this uh mixed race club called 
was a hop it was hapa club and so yeah. it was it was a uh, asian part asian part something else yeah and so we were talking about that and that was kind of the first time i experienced and openly talked to someone about you know being mixed in and someone that you know could relate to that and you know up to up to then i just kept it to myself because i was like oh this is just a me problem and this is something that you know i just have to deal with and no one no one's gonna know what i'm talking about anyway so so just having that conversation those small amount of conversations kind of sparked some ideas of it and then i was honestly pretty scared to 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 write about it because i was like i feel like this is too taboo this is like kind of too you know off the cuff or i don't know if i want to do this too vulnerable yeah yeah i was just like in my head about it for a long time and so it was just like for a long time it was just a song i kind of had just tucked away on the hard drive and i played for people sometimes to be like yo you know this is really cool this is really amazing and i was like oh thank you and they're like you should release it and i was like ah i don't know i don't know but uh, yeah i think i think really i got encouragement from enough people like in my inner circle to be like yo just do it you like you got it like you know kind of encourage me and, and 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 really support me that I was like okay okay I'll do it. I, f- I feel supported enough that you know I was just in my head about it and and obviously now that I did it obviously I'm grateful and really glad because yeah I've gotten a lot of people that have reached out and been like yo like you know I really I relate to it and on on so many ways and I just did like a couple weeks ago a show put on with the nonprofit that I kind of released the video with um which is called uh Multicultural Americans of Southern California Mask mm, yeah. and so they focus specifically on mixed mixed race uh community and specifically actually on teaching uh kids kids are parenting uh parenting kids that are mixed race and having those conversations early on so they're able to like deal with these things early on in different ways to to yeah teach about race and 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 deal with sort of this dilemma so yeah it's it's kind of been on the forefront in my mind and and just through them like being supported supportive of the song and and me i think was important just for me and it's and and kind of validating of the the title not the only one being like okay a bunch of people yeah. experience the same <laughs> thing and it's not just my it's not just like a story that that's specific to me so i think i think that's really cool you know there's so much in there i want to ask about the the vulnerability that it that it takes to keep making art you know now that you've done one vulnerable thing you've done a lot of vulnerable things being an artist is very vulnerable but i'm sure that continues to push you or motivate you to dive deeper into yourself find even other place like where are the other places that i feel uncomfortable where are the other places that i feel like which i mean it's a theme of yours like normal sucks the more unique that we are the more strength that we have and like i'm going to put out all my uniqueness i remember i met you at lower deck sessions and you were you were saying right. how weird that you are and yeah you were, that's you right were saying like <laughs> i like to do this yeah. you were like Hell doing yeah. this little thing with your finger and uh, you were yeah. saying like you love corn <laughs> Um, I'm glad you remember that. Which I feel like was the most normal thing that you said, but <laughs> but like, do you have other things in your hard drive at the moment? Like other things that you're also like debating yeah. whether or not to release. You, yeah, obviously, you don't, obviously, don't say it if you're comfortable with it. Like what what subjects they're around, but like right. Um, um, what, yeah, I mean, I definitely have 
I have a lot of songs on my hard drive to begin with that right. you know that are just uh, in the unreleased category. But yeah, a lot of them are yeah songs where I'm just getting stuff off my chest and it's like you know saying some wild shit. And then it's kind <laughs> of just like dealing with does this make sense to like put out and is this gonna have a positive impact a lot of this is like the mental barriers that i kind of create for myself but but just to say there is there there is a lot of music just because you know i think i create music in different spaces like sometimes i use it as oh i just want to like have fun and i just want to make something that feels fun feels like oh i, I really want to make something that feels like very technical and and really dive into my musicality bag or other times it's just like i want to vent i want to get something off my chest and it's usually those ones that yeah i kind of let it all out and don't really think don't really think about like even the message or the the context it's like this is how i feel at this moment right now and then I kind of leave it and then just put it on the hard drive and then maybe listen back a couple months. So a lot of it, it's like I, I may not even have listened to it. I'd have to like go back and actually, actually listen to what I said because I don't even remember. But definitely to, to what you're saying in terms of, of trying, I don't know. I, 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 I'm just trying to like focus on pushing pushing the bounds and seeing where I can like push myself into categories like you're saying that maybe do make me feel uncomfortable. Like even... <laughs> Even this morning, I went to, like, shoot some videos, some, like, dancing videos of me. And I try to, I just specifically try to go to public spaces and, like, you know, just set up a camera and start dancing. Yeah. And, and and you have to get over, like, the initial, like, oh, my God, it's going to be so weird. I'm just going to start dancing out of nowhere. People are going to look at me like, ah, like, I shouldn't even do this. And I have this whole, like, mental, like, battle, but I'm always like, no, like, it's fine it's fine like it'll be cool like no one really cares it's LA anyway everyone knows like people see shooting people shooting whatever all the time yeah so I set it up and I start dancing and then it's the process of like are you really going for it like or are you half going for it because you feel awkward because maybe people are looking at you maybe people are walking by or whatever right. and it's like if you're able to get to a place where you're really just like going for it and you don't really care that people are looking people actually enjoy it because they're like wow he's he's really going for it and they're like you know you're kind of like putting on a show for the public you're street performing you know and getting good content out of it so <laughs> <laughs> so so it's kind of like i don't know it's a good thing that i think pushes me out of my comfort zone and gets me into the space of like i gotta i gotta push myself outside of what makes me comfortable where did you learn that skill to continue to push yourself out into the edges of your comfort zone so constantly Did, was there someone in your life that showed you that or is there someone you admire who does that I think honestly like it does come from how I grew up and and kind of just being being different and being uh feeling like I never really had like a community that I could be comfortable with I think there was a sense of like I'm already so different from at least the people I was growing up with, which was a very like small, small town community that, you know, I think I, I sort of very much got used to being like the outsider, the outlier and still still being able to like make friends and, and find my way around it and like take the hits when they come. But yeah, I think I think I got used to, yeah, just being 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 different from the people around me. So so I think that kind of made it a little bit easier but you know everyone has like social anxiety and and different you know social 
uh, parts that they kind of have to work through. And, you know, I'm also, I'm also, I would say fairly introverted as well. So socializing is like always a thing of like, do I really want to do this? But then I'm like, I have to, I have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable. And, you know, I think I've always, because that, it always, it always betters you. Like it, it, you, and you always learn something from doing that. So, so if you're wanting to grow and you're wanting to learn, like making yourself uncomfortable is kind of like the first step of doing that. And so, I don't know. I think I just try to focus on that all the time. That's amazing. The there's also I feel like there's also um, there sounds like there's a bit of I mean it's 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 an incredible gift, but the, it all it stems. It sounds like it stems from a place of sadness, like a little bit of like not fitting in in a certain area it meant that you needed to always learn to be comfortable in uncomfortable places constantly mm. and being like, I'm go I have to, you had to form this strong center because it was going to be poked at kind yeah. of in, <laughs> in all these different places, which 100%. is, I think speaks to your character a lot, speaks to incredibly something strong internally inside of you yeah i mean i mean i, ho- I hope it's strong <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah i mean i mean 100 percent what you're saying like y- you do have to like you have to build thick skin essentially because because i have met friends that literally like i only hang out and talk to black people or only hang uh, or a white person i mean they won't say this ever but they're like <laughs> obviously very comfortable in only comfortable talking to other white people from like their specific background yeah. and they'll, they'll never go outside of that and so it's like I never had that comfortability so so I think it is easier for me to like maneuver inside and out but you do get a lot of like maybe pushback and a little like hey whoa like you're you're killing the vibe here da, 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 da. there is there is a little bit uh, of that that you kind of have to like brush off and be like no like I, I deserve to be here and I I'm going to be here. And then everyone's like, all right, cool. Like we accept you. And I'm like, all right, cool. <laughs> so, so yeah, yeah. it's, it's something that you brought up in your Google interview as well, where you were saying you don't like to think of yourself as black or Asian. You just try to think of yourself as a human being, which yeah. I think is so powerful to be able. And it's it, what it is, is it's freeing to everyone around you. Because when you say I'm going to treat myself like a human being, and like force everyone to treat me like that it shows them what that could be like Mm. for them it opens possibilities for other people i think it's an inspiring way to live and i i think yeah that's that's definitely something that i've been trying to emulate too as even even the term mixed is a category in itself and being like cool i'm i'm not going to hang out with black people or white people i'm just going to hang out with mixed people it's like well that's Mm. that's the same thing right it's just it's one more category to feel safe in versus saying like you are going to be the strongest human being and i'm going to go where i'm going to go where i feel i'm Mm. supposed to Uh, which is such a cool way to live in the world yeah Um, i mean yeah i i i i fully believe um that part so i'm glad you i'm glad you listened to that i appreciate that man yeah um (laughs) I want to get back to this uh, hard drive of songs that you have. You write a lot, uh, is my assumption. I do. I do. I have lots of demos that I write all the time. What is your like? What is your habit of writing? What What does that look like in a week for you? 
in a week or man. in a month Wh- whatever whatever that means. i mean a lot of my demo making is just like it's very sporadic and very random and very like oh i like this chord like what if i what if i reverse it what if i chop it up and like i don't really think i'm not one of those people that thinks like hmm i want to make a song that you know touches on funk and rock and mix it to the do and then i'll flip it and like you think about it beforehand and then you kind of like have this master plan and then you go about it mm-hmm. um i'm very much just like going off you know one foot in front of the other like oh that sounds cool like uh i don't know what to do from here like what if i throw this plug in on it like oh that sounds cool that takes me over in this direction and then it ends up being what it what it ends up being but i kind of yeah i kind of just like follow follow the gut like in in every moment yeah so a lot of times it can it, it can turn into this like mush of just like <laughs> doesn't make any sense <laughs> because it's just too wild and so you know those ones I'll, I'll just be like ah oh, whatever but but a lot of times you can come to a place where it's like when you're kind of just like going with your gut and you know trusting trusting like how you feel and where where your heart is you can come to a place of like oh wow like i never like if I just sat down and thought about this, I would never have come here. But now that I'm here, like I realize how cool it is. And I realize that, oh, this is this is actually how I feel about something. Because obviously how you think about something, how you feel about something can have like a big disconnect. And when you're yeah. making music, obviously music is all about feelings. So how you be how you feel about something is actually way more important than how you think about something. Mm-hmm. Tapping into that the the feeling and getting to the to the core of that feeling is the foundation I think that you should build the music on. So so if I don't get to the feeling, yeah, I kind of like just put it to the side. Even it, even if it's like a great idea like in a logical kind of sense. You know, yeah. if the feeling isn't there then it's like kind of dead in the water. So yeah. So that's guys I guess like what I'm always searching for, but but yeah, it is very much just like random (laughs) yeah when you when you create these songs you put them on a hard drive and then there's a review an informal review of you listening to it a couple months later maybe whenever later and some things you're like oh i kind of like this and some things you're like i hate this i never want never want to see it yeah who who do you let in to that process with you like what people do you trust that you would be like Hey, these are the songs that I like. And is there anybody who you allow to see some of the songs that you don't like to be able to maybe give yeah. a vote against you? Yeah. So, so my band, they're they're on the inner circle. So my inner circle is like my band, uh, my manager, and then uh, this guy. We kind of like work together a lot. My music. He's like a mixing engineer, so he kind of is like a pseudo executive producer kind of role but we just kind of help each other with different projects so he helps me with my uh, artist project but that's kind of it and that's not to say I'll, I'll play I'll play it for random people all the time I won't take their input right. very seriously that's the difference it's like I'll, I'll play songs for whoever and if they're like yo that's dope or if yo that's trash like I won't really care like if what yeah. what they say but it, yeah. you know if my band members are like yo and and the difference is they know who I am like very very deeply and very they're very knowledgeable on like who I am and what I want and so they they're very knowledgeable on like you know if this comes off as authentic if this comes off as something that 
yeah, is in the world of what I'm trying to go for because they have a great sense of that. Like a random person off the street, they might like the song, they might like be like, yo, this is a hit, da 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 da. But they, they're not going to have that sense of like, is this going to be beneficial for like the repertoire that I've put up before? Is this beneficial to like who I am as a person? It, does this represent me like in an authentic way type of thing? So in that sense, yeah, I'm going to take their input very heavily. So, so yeah, there's, de there's definitely like some hard feelings that, that go down. If I show them this song they're like, yo, yeah. this, that's not it. I, I'm kind of like devastated. I'm like, no, really? Like, you don't like this? Like, I'll be like, I'll be like down on myself. So it's kind of crazy because it ends up being like, those are the people that I'm trying to impress. The, those are the people that yeah. are trying to like hit that hit that mark and hit that standard it's kind of that inner circle because they have very high standards for me as well and that's how it yeah. should be like your friends kind of have high standards for you so if you're not hitting that standard you know you could have done more gone harder like dug a little bit deeper because it's true like i'll show them a song and they'll be like nah bro like you gotta rewrite the verse or like rewrite the chorus like it's not hitting and i'll be like yeah. really like man like i thought i did so good i'll take it back and be like man like all right i'll I'll go for it and like rework some things and like go for it like times two and then i'll show them and they'll be like this is it man and i'll be like and it is like a hundred times better and so that's yeah. why i trust them and those are like yeah that's essentially my core it's so cool to have people surrounding you who are incredibly musically talented but also who love you that is super like, important i, yeah, I super feel important. like the biggest gift that you could have is like people who have the means to like help you get to the next level and still care for who you are and your original vision above everything else that it's yeah. um immediately after your performance at lower deck sessions just like fell in love with uh marwan and aaron I hired um, Marwan to do a wedding gig with with me, and we did like it was like a eight hour day where we just got to. No spend way! Time. Were you the one where he went? To, you guys went to like up north? Uh, yeah, over in Montecito. Gosh. Um, okay, now it's all that all makes sense. Yeah, yeah. That was, and, that was um, yeah. He was telling me about he, that. He, yeah, he's just he's just a such a special guy, and like he, as soon as I moved to LA, he and I just got to grab a coffee go for a long walk together and talk about all the stuff that's going through my head as i'm like new to the city and nice. he's just he's just the sweetest he's just the sweetest he's a um, genuine dude yeah and uh, and back to what you said about like people that care about you and also are like really talented like for me like my bar so i guess a little bit of backstory on bar one like i i'm very specific and intentional on like who i try to invite in in my circle and be like so marwan he's like kind of the recent most recent addition like i probably i say i probably know him at this point like a year and a half now so more so the other guys i've known for like three to four years so he uh was putting on these events called apiary yeah and they were did he tell you about them yeah yeah, yeah. okay yeah early on like he invited me to play at one one of the apr shows and i was like checking it out and i was like oh this seems like he's just like some random dude just like trying to put stuff together but i saw that he was like really grinding and really working hard so i was like all right i'll support this this dude because it seems like he's really he's really trying to do it pull up obviously you know it's like very diy 
where very like last minute put together but he had like vendors there he had like everything set up and he was telling me about how you know he stayed up till like 3 a.m to like break everything down and you know he really tries to put it together and i was like man like i really respect it and i went to like one of the first ones and then i kind of i did i did the gig he's like so appreciative he's like yo that's amazing da, da, da. and i was like oh i appreciate it man over time i would just like check back in on instagram and and seeing that he's like putting on a show like every week mm-hmm. and i was like yo that's intense like putting yeah. on a show every week is a lot man <laughs> and he was like growing and like more and more people and he would show like little clips that and and i could see more and more people were coming out and i was like wow like he's really he's really doing this and really like going for it and then he would invite me back and then i'd play a show and there'd be like more people there and like loving it and became like this whole vibe and this whole art kind of space as well i don't know for me i think it and and he was like so happy and like appreciative of it the whole time and i was like yo i'm just coming here and like playing music like you put so much work into this like i am i'm barely doing anything compared to you yeah for me it really just spoke to his character it spoke mm. to his character and who who he was as a person like he was a loving person that what he cares deeply about he's gonna work really hard to like maintain and and focus on essentially that whole time i was looking for a guitar player that was you know kind of willing to jump on board and and be a part of the band like in a more full full-on capacity and i was talking to the other bandmates about him and there was like a couple of people that we were like kind of eyeing and and his name popped up and initially <laughs> um the whole band was like nah man like he ain't it <laughs> and because because he was still working on a lot of the technical things like to yeah. get to like a a, a you know, just a more technically proficient kind of place. And I knew this as well, and I agreed with them. And, and I was like, yeah, he still he has some work to do in, t- in terms of his guitar playing. But I think I think he's someone that will really, you know, put in the time, put in the effort to, like, get to the place where we need him to get, obviously, to, to play the music that we're playing. And, you know, they were, they were all really hesitant, but I was like, no. Like, I, I was, like, really vouching for him and really being like, I think I think he could do it. I think he could do it. They're like, all right, well, you know, bring him in. We'll like see. And so we we brought him. I I I brought him in, and I I told him pretty much the situation. I was like, yo, like, I really like you as a person, and I really, I I I really like your character. And I I pretty much told him I was like, here's here's the deal. Like, we're gonna help you try to get to a place that you're you're a lot more proficient in guitar playing. So we might be kind of hard on you in the beginning but just know that we just want you to like get to the place that we want you to get to because i i want to invest in you and i want and if you like what i do and if you like what i'm going for like i want you to be a part of it and and he was like super down and i was like all right man (laughs) (laughs) and you know at the beginning low key like we kind of put him through the gauntlet and we kind of like we're so nitpicky about everything like hey like you know that chord wasn't right or that inversion how you're placing your hands like you should change this da, 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 da. and he really took it to heart and wasn't like offended or wasn't pissed off about it or anything and and he really he re- he really just like stepped up and and i knew i i shouldn't say i knew but it validated my sense of like who i thought of him as a person of being like a really strong-willed person and i'm really happy that i'm really happy to know him because now he's fucking killing it 
I mean, you met him, you know. He's he's like a really super genuine dude, really caring dude. Now he's just a killer guitar player as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he he gave me a little bit of background on how you guys uh brought him into the group and how how hard that was initially and how much yeah. uh, just like how much he up-leveled so quickly. And then um, Yeah, he I was expecting to take it longer than it did, but he really was like he really stepped up and we're like, wow, man, like you're, you're kind of killing it now. So <laughs> kinda, that's amazing. Wild. Um, uh, we've only talked about you so far as like a performer and a writer. Yeah. Just kind of, kind of the music side. There's, there's so much other things to you in, in terms of like your stage performance is so high energy and so captivating that I feel like that's almost separate. That's a entirely separate skill from the music. A, lo- a yeah. lot of people write. Very few people can front man in an incredibly energetic, captivating way. How did you How did you pick that up? Who do you emulate? Like, who did you see as a kid that made you want to perform like you perform now? Definitely, Michael Jackson is 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 the main the main guy. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was definitely a huge huge fan of Michael Jackson growing up, and you know, watching his live videos in terms of how. It's just it's really just the body movement and like the 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 physical presence like he would bring to the stage and how he is so intentional about you know you know obviously he was dancing but he was just like very intentional about every single movement and every single you know part of his body and he was very expressive I think that's something that I um was inspired by and kind of related to in terms of like just liking to express myself with my body and liking to like kind of be wild and like everyone has their own ways of expressing some people can express themselves really well with like just their vocal and they can just like stand there and sing to a crowd and everyone's like blown away and I think for me the most natural way to translate like my energy and and how I want to come across is like a combination of like my vocal and like my my physical presence so yeah i think i think it's always been there and then it was kind of just like figuring out a way to i don't know hone in what is what does that mean in actuality and and so i just spent a lot of time <laughs> like with a mirror in front of me and just kind of like rapping literally just like rapping to the mirror super awkward and cool. just being like oh i like when i do this and I don't like when my hands like down here and I like when I do this and then kind of just building up your own list of things that you think work well and and you kind of trash the the parts that you think don't work well and then you I don't know you build up your style of of performing but you kind of yeah you kind of, I think everyone has to figure that out and like put time and effort and it is separate from making music because a lot of it is just kind of like just like how you want to translate and knowing that you have control over that and that it does change things whether you are pointing to the crowd or not pointing to the crowd or kind of slouched over when you're singing or like upright and and um confident looking and 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 you can play around with that in terms of like you know the stage is not just you on the stage like the stage could be you running in the crowd (laughs) the stage is everything so you don't have to feel like you have to keep yourself in the box so yeah the, wait not am, am, am i were, were you at the show where the lights went out yeah because yeah, i yeah. i played at a couple of okay cool, cool. Yeah, <laughs> i yeah. just wanted to make sure but yeah that's a good example of like that's so funny too because 
I looked at Josh because we have Josh, the bass player. He's like more of the MD role. You know, he he's the one kind of calling the shots. And so uh, when that happened, he he looked at me and he's like, acapella rap, go. And I was like, great idea. <laughs> and and so and so I was like, all right, everyone, let's go, let's let's do this thing. That wasn't like, yeah, that wasn't planned or anything. And then it just got me to the place of like, oh yeah, like it doesn't, I don't need a microphone to like, you know, enjoy myself and like have a good time. That was like a cool moment of like, oh yeah, we we could just vibe, you know, create something cool and special and, and that can be a performance as well. It's so interesting because dancing feels like a different skill than performing and singing because performing and singing, you have to deal with the practicality of the microphone there just has to be you're you're not going to wear the britney mic so <laughs> i mean that would be tight uh but i've thought about it before but but no nah, no nah, not yet not yet it feel it's so weird how pretentious it feels when it doesn't it shouldn't be pretentious but it feels pretentious to like have a battery pack with a britney mic i think it's tight i think boy bands are sick the practicality of like dancing or moving on stage while having like a a close relationship to the microphone it's very hard yeah in in your mind as you as you project because I I look at what you do on stage there's a lot of arm movement there's a lot of like chest out like chest in chest out like head up looking around like there's yeah you're you're giving a lot of attention I just feel like that gives a lot versus someone who's like two hands on the microphone doing doing this kind of a thing what type of movements do you want to see out of more just like straight up singers like if, if you i mean imbue them with anything here's here's the thing like it uh, it all depends on the music because you know if you're singing like a slow r&b ballad and doing all these crazy moves it's gonna take away from the performance so it's really yeah. just realizing that your body and your physical presence can really add to the whole experience like like People go to shows thinking music is just an auditory experience. It's not like we're seeing you in person. We're we're right. seeing we're we're using our eyeballs to to look at you. So that is either gonna add to your performance or it's gonna take away from, to to your performance. Mm-hmm. And so realizing that I think is really important because yeah, if you're singing a slow R and B ballad, obviously it doesn't make sense to do a bunch of wild crazy moves, but it does make sense to like embody the emotion that you're singing. That's that's kind of like something that uh, I try to tell a lot of musicians as well because I, it's the same thing of like literally we were talking to Marwan like at the last rehearsal in terms of like the difference between like playing your guitar and just kind of looking down and like kind of just like going like this. You could be playing all the right notes, be playing it like technically perfect or whatever. Yeah. But your physical because we were playing like a super like high energy rock ish song and he was like you know going like this and and kind of being chill about it and i was like that is taking away it's gonna actually make you sound worse even though you you might be playing the same thing because the visual is not connecting with what someone is experiencing in the audio sense and so it's like a illusion because they're gonna think that the audio visual is not as good as it actually is because they're seeing the opposite so it's disconnecting so there is like a riff versus if you're like you know getting into it and really like 
putting energy in the line and you're kind of like swinging your head and like really going for it. Now the visual is connecting to what they're hearing in auditory sense. So it's matching. So it's actually like, oh man, this sounds as good as I think it sounds because how I'm looking at it matches up with how I'm hearing it. So yeah, we were, we were trying to like get him to like do a little bit more head banging and like, you know, trying to get into it more. So. <laughs> That's so good. I I think that's incredibly smart, and I think that's something that a lot of people aren't paying attention to, but it makes such a difference uh, yeah. when you experience it live. That's the difference between being like, oh, that band's cool, and like, no, this band is the best band. Like, the, it's, it, it, it feeds into something subconscious. Yeah, you, um, believe, you believe what you're hearing a, mm, a, a lot more Yeah, if they're embodying what they're playing. I want to ask you just a, a couple last questions that I ask uh, every guest. Uh, what is either some good music advice you've received about your career or some bad music advice you've received about your career? Uh, good good music advice. If you hit me tomorrow, this, this answer might change, but the first one that came to mind was kind of making the switch in my life, being of being like, of course, everyone comes and comes in and it's like, oh my God, like, this is popular, so you have to do this. This is popular, so you have to do this. And kind of like following the trend of like, what I do is not good because it's not whatever, the the most popular thing. But I think when the switch came for me of when someone told me, it's like, it's it doesn't really matter what it is. As long as it's believable, that's going to translate to essentially popularity or like what people enjoy. Because yeah, I think that's that's the biggest piece that, and subconsciously people are looking for it's like the believability it's like do i believe what you're saying if you do then it's like good and if they don't believe you then it's like ah no it's not that good so i think that really changed how i thought about making music in terms of like yeah trying to be authentic and then also trying to make whatever i'm saying like really really believable so it's coming off in like a very real way because that's then it'll cut through and then and then really letting go of the sense of like oh my god like this is the the sound that is popping right now so I gotta use this sound or this is like the way people are writing these days so I gotta write like this it's like no whatever you're doing like you can you can pick your lane you just gotta make sure every piece of that is adding to the believability factor and then that's gonna translate way more than trying to be trending and popular because of a b and c are, are happening yeah um what uh what books have been important to you they don't have to be music related but what what books or authors have been meaningful to you for the last uh, couple of years i mean it's kind of unrelated to music but james baldwin is my favorite author great he speaks on race and racism from a, so much more of a analyzing the subconscious that I think no other piece of writing does as well as he does. And yeah, he's he's kind of one of one of the authors I connected with most cuz I I try to do a lot of reading when it comes to like race and 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 race relations and you know, I've read a lot of books and and the way he approaches kind of analyzing race in America, I think is really important to understand because it's not based on it's not looking at like statistics and even history it is it is connecting to history but it's connecting to how a person feels and how the way 
things are in in the real world and how that can be a disconnect and how that shapes essentially the subconscious of a person that leads them to be racist or be uh, submissive in a racist society so i think i think it's really important it's very uh, it's weighted it's, there's a lot to it so it's a lot to take on but i think it is important to take on because i think it really centers you it, it really centers you in terms of the internal analyzing someone must do to break down a lot of the societal um indoctrinating beliefs that we have that that are rooted in racism and uh, yeah just like fucked up shit (laughs) (laughs) is there a particular book you would want people to start with with james baldwin the fire next time is kind of like his thesis statement if you will so i kind of always put people onto that one at first but it's kind of hard because you kind of have to know you kind of have to have a good grasp on historical context and 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 racism in general i would say like if you haven't read uh, nelson mandela or malcolm x or martin luther king or Maya angelo or or in any of like these black thought leaders i would say probably read one of them first just to get a grasp of the layout and then go to the fire next time because i think he's speaking from such a higher level of context that it if you don't have the foundational context you're not gonna understand it so but yeah i think that one that's what i would say awesome i appreciate it um thank you so much for your time um we are we are at the hour is there anything uh lastly that you want to uh, draw people's attention to any upcoming releases or anything like that um performances if around uh, july 16th i'm headlining chinatown summer nights so that'll be at 11 where is that? Um, in Chinatown. Chinatown. Like, yeah, near awesome. downtown. So, so if you're around, come through. Marwan, the person that we've been talking about the whole podcast of, will be playing guitar. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Well, um, that's all. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I yeah, really appreciate, appreciate you being it, on, and um, I'll go ahead and clap us out. Thank you kindly for listening to the podcast. It's really just an excuse for me to meet amazing people and learn from them. So if you like this episode, feel free to take a look at some of the other artists I've talked to or let me know if there's someone in your life who's a musician that you'd like me to talk to next. You can learn more about my music at ConnorCherland.com or find me on Instagram or Spotify under Connor Cherland, C-O-N-N-E-R-C-H-E-R-L-A-N-D. All right, see ya.